0: What I was before, amen. Thank you, choir, pastor, Aaron, musicians, for your help every Sunday. And how about the folks back in our sound booth do our media and our sound and our lights. Just y'all wave at us. Y'all give them a big hand today, amen. Amen. Somebody even said, woo, woo. Oh, thank you, okay. I'm going to quote Reverend O'Neill back there today. He shared this with me. He's a young man, strong. But he said that uh, when he passes away, he wants two Georgia Bulldogs, two Atlanta Falcons, two Atlanta Braves to be his pallbearers, so they let him down one more time. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. That's a groans there. Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14 I'm reading out of the King James version of the scripture there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and lo the angel of the lord came upon them and the glory of the lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid and the angel said unto them fear not for behold i bring you good tidings of great joy toward men. I want to speak to you on the subject war and peace. War and peace. Let's pray, Father, we make ourselves available to you today, not only I as the speaker but uh, us as hearers. We want to hear from you. we want to be moved and motivated and stirred for the Son of God and at the, this, uh, this very early on in this Christmas season, we want to get our minds and hearts right to celebrate the greatest gift that's ever been given to man, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask it for, for it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord one more hand of praise for His Word. It must have seemed to be just another day in paradise. Far off in Europe, war was raging, blood was being shed, nations were being gobbled up, but that was far away in Europe. In the Pacific, tensions were already rising, but I am sure as on that beautiful Sunday morning, the sun broke over the Hawaiian Islands, the Paradise indeed, even that must have seemed far, far away. Just another beautiful Sunday morning in paradise. A lazy Sunday morning. That was until 7.48 a.m. when the peace of that morning was overcome with the roar of engines and the sky was darkened with enemy uh, aircraft, and an unprovoked and unexpected attack happened there in Honolulu at Pearl Harbor. There were 343 Imperial Japanese aircraft. All eight of the U.S. Navy ships that were there were damaged. Four of them sunk, and uh, there were also some other ships in the harbor there that sank there was 188 aircrafts that were destroyed. More importantly, there were 2,403 Americans that were killed and another 1,178 that were injured. And suddenly, the whole world was different. Some of you were alive and just old enough to remember that attack. For my generation, I think it would be, would be the closest thing to a world-shaping impact that we ever had. But things changed as the skies filled. Yesterday was 78 years ago that those skies around Pearl Harbor filled. And the world was different. 2,000 years earlier, the world was uh, in turmoil as well. The Roman Empire had conquered most of what was uh, the known world, the civilized world anyway at that time. And life under Rome was not that bad, honestly, as long as you kept the Roman peace, the Pax Romana. They actually gave a lot of liberty, except if anything threatened the Roman peace. With a hobnail boost, they would squash rebellion even go so far as hanging people on crosses beside the road to show what happened if you dare rebel against Rome. Rome was now in the um, reign of its very first official emperor, Caesar Augustus. There had been a change in their leadership under under, uh, Julius Caesar that set the way for an empire rather than a republic. And in Judea, in Israel, there was unrest. There was a desire among them for a Messiah to come and give them once again the kingdom of Israel. They wanted the son of David to come, the son of David that had been prophesied. They were seeking for that. Even among the Romans, religion had faded into form, was not uh, heartfelt. There was an unrest among Jew and Gentile alike. It seemed that the world was right on the precipice of some world-shaking event. On top of all of that, Caesar Augustus had ordered a census, a taxation that caused the whole world to be in transit because people had to leave wherever they were living and go back to their ancestral home. And, of course, there was a man living in Nazareth, named Joseph who was engaged to a woman named Mary who had an angel appear to her and say to her this thing that's going to be formed in you is going to be con- called the Son of the Most High and the greatest miracle up to that point a virgin conceived and of course Joseph had to take Mary and travel from Nazareth over to Bethlehem Bethlehem was not as the uh, old Carol suggests it was not, Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see the lie. It was a churning hotbed of activity because people were there from all over the world. How do you know that? Because all the hotels were full. <laughs> there was no room for them in the inn. But away from the crowd, away from the town, Out in the field, and I've been to that shepherd's field, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. You can stand there upon a precipice and look across a green valley, which a green valley in in that neighborhood was something to behold. It's very arid, dry, and rocky. Those shepherds were out under that starlit sky, and it must have seemed like that the the expectations and the turmoil and the circumstances not only of the, of the Roman Empire but of right there in Bethlehem must have seemed a thousand miles away to them. How beautiful it must have been, the fresh air, as they looked up into that starry sky. And soon that starry sky, the peace of that night, was interrupted it was interrupted by at first a single angelic being whose appearance caused them to lose their peace. Temporarily they were shocked and awed and they were fearful so much that that angel had to say to them, Fear not, behold I bring you good tidings of great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. But you're not going to find him the way you think about Messiah coming. He's not going to be born in the palace. You're going to find the babe lying in a manger, wrapped not in royal clothes, but in swaddling cloths. And that's where you're going to find him. And then suddenly, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. And saying, glory to God in the highest. The peace of that night was interrupted not with an angelic choir. The scripture never des- uh, describes them as a choir. It never describes them as singing anything. Now maybe they did sing. Or maybe they didn't. But the Bible says that they cried and praised God and spoke. And when you think of the heavenly host, understand that the heavenly host is a word that is synonymous with the armies of God. This was the army of God. Just like at Pearl Harbor where those skies were filled with the plains of the armies of the enemy, this night sky was filled with the army of God. I would find that a little bit intimidating. His messengers are a flame of fire. We see the appearance of the host of God. We see that appearance in the days of Elisha. Elisha was surrounded by the enemies of Israel. The Syrians had come to capture him. His uh, servant was so concerned and he said, don't worry about it. Those that be with us are more than they that be with them. And he prayed and the the uh, 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 scales fell from off the eyes of his Servant, so he could see the spiritual reality, and he saw surrounding them the, the red hot, fiery chariots, horses, and soldiers of the Lord. It's this host of heaven, this army of God that fills the night sky in brilliance. But the words that they bring are words of comfort and of joy and of peace. You know, we talked about yesterday was 78 years ago that the attack of Pearl Harbor happened. But 2,000 years ago, the news was not about what happened at Pearl Harbor. The news was about the Pearl of Great Price that was born in Bethlehem. Now, there's a personal story attached to this because on December the 7th, 1941, my grandfather, J.T. Peavy, it was the day before his 18th birthday. He and Nana had married young, as people did in that day. She was 14 when they married. He was 16 when they married. She had, they had their child. Uh, uh, Nana was 16. Papa was uh, 17, about to be 18 when they had, gave birth to their child. Daddy was only five weeks old. He was born on November the 1st, 1941. He was only five weeks old on December the 7th, 1941. Nana named him Carl Travis because he weighed 14 pounds and she didn't know how to spell. <laughs> Can you imagine? Not even 18 yet. The day before your 18th birthday, you've got a young wife and a brand new child at home. And you hear that America has been plunged in to the conflict that is rocking the entire world. And you know that your number is up. You just know you're going to be snatched away into war. Can you imagine what that is like? That the peace that Papa knew on that Sunday, it would have been about 10 hours ahead of what it was in Honolulu here. Can you imagine that lazy Sunday afternoon and the world's rocked? The day before your 18th birthday, new wife, new child, Indeed, the peace of our world and sometimes the peace of our Christmas season is rocked with bad news. As Crystal and I were on the way to Texas to enjoy Thanksgiving with our family out there, and thank you for allowing us to go. What a great time that we had! I got a call from one of my Dear friends, very good friends at a church that I used to pastor up near Statesboro. Her stepdad, but he's really dad to her. Her stepdad was going to the grocery store to buy some strawberries to make a cake. He's a wonderful baker. As he was leaving there, he got in his car and pulled out and there was a, a, a sheriff's officer that was responding to a call. And Lewis didn't see him and pulled out in front of him and was T-boned and and, uh, was fatally injured and died later on that evening and uh, next day or so in the hospital. There to get strawberries, to bake cake, to celebrate Thanksgiving. Life can change in a moment's notice. Life can be rocked, it can be forever changed. Henry understood that. Civil war in the United States was was starting to foment, but something much more personal happened to him. His beloved wife, ladies wore big dresses and hoop skirts and, and all kinds of petticoats, And she was fixing the fire in their home and the edge of her skirt caught fire and before they could get the fire out, she had burned. Then his son, beloved son Charles, without the permission of his dad, ran off and joined the Union Army. Was injured and recovered and went back and was injured again, not fatally but severely enough to change the trajectory of his life. And on Christmas Day, 1864, with the Civil War breaking this nation apart, sitting in the room of his convalescing son, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow heard the bells pealing in the chapel of that community where he lived. And so he did what he did best. He took his pen and paper And he wrote, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and mild and sweet the words repeat with peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But then he said, but in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill toward men. The peace that God brings is not the absence of conflict. It is the presence of Jesus. You're not going to ever find a time in this world or in your life where everything's just right. You're never going to have a family event. You're never going to have a holiday. You're never going to have a moment where nobody's sick, nobody's hurting. There's not any conflict going on. We live in a world where bad things happen and can happen and do happen. It's never just going to be just right, just perfect. There is always going to be a minor chord among the music of our celebration. There will always be someone that's missing. We will always have had to say goodbye to a one. One, there will always be someone that's sick, and I want you to understand that these things happen, and even in the moments of peace, war and conflict is never very far away. On December the 8th, 1941, Papa's 18th birthday, the day after Pearl Harbor, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. It, declared in his distinct brogue that this was a day that would live on in infamy and he declared war on December the 8th, 1941 against the imperial forces of Japan. But in the skies over Bethlehem, whenever the armies of God saw the captain of the Lord's host. They saw their commander and chief as a little baby wrapped up in swaddling clothes and laid in a feeding trough. And nobody on earth was telling the tale. They said, we've got to say something. And the armies of heaven cried out, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And when those planes filled the skies over Pearl Harbor, Roosevelt said, This means war. But when the armies of heaven saw the Son of God wrapped in swaddling clothes, they said, This means peace. Peace on earth and goodwill to men. That's what God wants to bring you. That's God's presence to you. Now I know we live in a day where people will embrace the message of peace and reject the message of salvation. But there is no peace without salvation, as someone cleverly said. No Jesus, K N O W. No peace, K N O W. No Jesus, no peace, and or no N O Jesus. N-O, peace. No, Jesus, no peace. Because that baby born in Bethlehem, not only is he wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, but he is the prince of peace. When I visited Marlene this morning, it's amazing, Wayne. She has so much Peace. As sick as she's been, the struggle she's been through, so much peace. Can you imagine the armies of God saying this means peace? Romans chapter 5 verse 1 said, Therefore being now justified by faith, we have peace with God. If you're looking for peace with your neighbor, that's not always going to happen. In fact, Jesus himself said, that as I come, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. He didn't mean that, that we start conflict. He meant as a response to the lordship of Jesus Christ, other people are going to persecute us. And the, the, the dividing line of human history and the dividing line of humanity is the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the dividing line is not conservative or liberal, Republican or Democrat. It's not even, uh, you know, American or Mexican or um, you know Saudi Arabian or uh, Japanese or Chinese in fact the dividing line is not black or white or tan or red or yellow or any of those monikers that you want to give to individuals the dividing line really is between those that are the children of light and the children of darkness. Those that have come up under the loving lordship of the of Jesus Christ and those that have rejected his reign in life and we do not commit warfare against those that don't know the Lord. Other religions do. They seek to convert at the edge of a sword but we only use the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and that sword is a, a, a sword a word that brings good news that in Jesus you can have peace with God. You're not always going to have peace in this world you're not always going to be at peace with your neighbor you're never going to have you're not always going to have peace in your family but let me tell you you've been guaranteed by the great good news of the word of God by the word of all of the prophets of old of all of the apostles of the New Testament and of the heavenly angels that with Jesus Christ you can know peace with God and that God's will toward you is a good will Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. There are two realities that we face all the time. In every situation, in every age, there are always two realities there's always war and peace. It's always there. There's always a conflict raging. There's a spiritual conflict that is raging. Sometimes that spiritual conflict bubbles up so that it's manifested in the physical, but the spiritual conflict is always there raging. But there is concurrently with that conflict, with that war, there is the peace that only the children of God know and can know. Just this week, as they were gearing up for the 78th commemoration of the attack on Pearl Harbor, a member of our own Navy, disturbed and disgruntled, opened fire on two civilian employees and killed them and himself at Pearl Harbor. Just this week. There's always that threat. There's always that war. But there is for the child of God. Always the peace of God. Well after World War II. Because in order to. To defeat. Hitler. And Germany. And defeat Japan. We kind of. Felt the need to joined forces with the devil, (laughs) Uncle Joe Stalin. (laughs) Vicious, vicious man. How bad was Hitler when you were willing to join up with Stalin to defeat him? That tells you how evil Hitler was. (laughs) But as a result of that, after World War II, Europe was divided up like children fighting over who gets the biggest piece of pie. And around Eastern Europe, an iron curtain fell. And that iron curtain remained there basically for the next 45 years. That not only freedom, not only democracy, but the gospel itself barred. But in 1991, that Iron Curtain came crashing down. And we found that there were people trapped behind that Iron Curtain that had been worshiping Jesus and praying for God to send revival their way. And I want to close today with this video clip. This is what happens. This is what was the Russian Red Army Choir. And they are singing the battle hymn of the republic. And when they get to this verse, they sang it with much conviction. And you can see the reaction of the people. As they sang in the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea. With a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. As he died to make men holy, let us live to make men free. And God... Goes marching on. I want you to listen to an army saying tidings of peace. Can you play that for us? The Russian Red Army singing glory, glory, hallelujah. And people that were oppressed standing with hands lifted up and tears dripping down their face, openly and freely worshiping God. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you glad we have the freedom to do that? Why don't you stand right now and lift up your hands and lift up your eyes and let's worship the Lord together. Let's worship him, Lord, we love you. We thank you for the Prince of Peace. Oh, God, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you sent him to save us, to die for us, to rise again, so that we could know the peace that passes all understanding Lord I thank you that your will for us is a good will and we give you glory and we give you honor in Jesus name every head is bowed eyes are closed and Christians are praying if you are going through a period in your life where it's turmoil and you don't have any peace I want you to know that peace can be found in Jesus If you're here and you don't have peace in your soul because you're not saved and you don't know the Lord, would you be honest enough with yourself to lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. I'm not saved, but I want to know the Lord. Come on, how many of you? All right, look at me from all over this building. I'm going to ask you to be honest even though eyes are open. I'm going to ask you to be honest. How many of you are going through some things right now? It may be... In your body, it may be in your job, your finances, it may be uh, emotionally, it may be in your family, maybe it's someone that you love is going through a, a turmoil. Because I'm going to tell you if you love people when they go through bad things, you're going through bad things. How many of you are dealing with some reality, some conflict that seeks to take away your peace? Can you raise your hand with your pastor today? Amen. I dare say that's the truth of all of us. I'm, I'm glad, I am so glad that when I was lost without God that I came to the Prince of Peace. Well, I'm so glad that I have peace with God. But can I tell you that I'm glad that that wasn't a one-time thing, that I can go to Him anytime. I can worship at his throne anytime. I can find grace to help in the time of need anytime. Can I tell you I'm so glad that what time I am afraid I will trust in the Lord. What time that that I am discouraged or upset or troubled with life. There are things in life that are important. They are. They're important. They don't need need to give due diligence. They don't need to be ignored. But I'm going to tell you. My peace is not with what happens in Washington. My security is not what happens on Wall Street. My my freedom is not what happens on some foreign battlefield. My peace, my joy, my dependence is all wrapped up in the Lord. He's the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. Would you come from all over this building and let's worship Him together. Come on, let's come and worship the Lord together. And if you'd like to have special prayer, I'm here to anoint you and pray for you.